in a global health crisis like this, insufficient leadership is deadly. So we are seeing remarkable women leaders step in where so many others have failed to do so from government to business. We've emerged as voices of reason, restraint, and prudence all over the world. And if there was ever a test as to whether women are cut out to lead, this is it. And I think we're absolutely nailing it. So why is that? Um, someone named Alice Eagley of Northwestern University maintains that women have a tendency to be more collaborative and relational leaders. And they seek input and they trust the expertise of their peers more so than men, while men are more likely to be top-down and autocratic. And I won't say these are universal truths, but general inclinations with statistically significant backing. So I don't want to oversimplify, but I do think we've seen that and it's been shown. I'm your host, Michelle King, and you're listening to The Fix, a podcast that shares the stories of remarkable people who are innovating and taking action to advance equality in the workplace and beyond. Following the global financial crisis in 2008, Christine Langard, then head of the IMF, is quoted as saying, if Lehman Brothers had been Lehman sisters, today's economic crisis clearly would look quite different. Her argument is based on several reports that followed the crisis, which found that banks led by a high proportion of women suffered less from the global economic crisis. These findings placed a lot of pressure on companies and boards to have greater gender balance. This, in turn, increased the number of women in leadership positions. For example, in Europe, female board representation in big banks increased from 15% to 33% in 2008. Research has consistently found that women are effective leaders, especially during a crisis. On this episode, you'll hear from Liz Etling, who just launched the Halo Fund, a new multi-million dollar charitable initiative created to support comprehensive pandemic relief efforts. Here, we'll discuss all the ways women are stepping up to lead during COVID-19, and importantly, what you can do to support them. According to extensive research, women are more likely than men to be recruited for precarious, high-risk, and extremely challenging leadership roles. Riskier roles are often considered a good fit for women, as people think they tend to be better equipped to handle crisis situations because they have a more democratic, empathetic, and relational leadership style. As the entire world works to contain the spread of coronavirus, the role of effective leadership has been brought into razor-sharp focus. What people need now are leaders with empathy, compassion, and an ability to establish trust and confidence, skills that women leaders tend to exhibit more than men. Here, Liz shares more on this. You know, I find these times of great adversity are incredibly revealing. From the very first days of the outbreak to just this week, we've seen leaders across the globe fail to rise to the occasion, and the stakes couldn't be greater. And in a global health crisis like this, insufficient leadership is deadly. So we are seeing 
remarkable women leaders step in where so many others have failed to do so from government to business. We've emerged as voices of reason, restraint, and prudence all over the world. And if there was ever a test as to whether women are cut out to lead, this is it. And I think we're absolutely nailing it. So why is that? Um, Someone named Alice Eagley of Northwestern University maintains that women have a tendency to be more collaborative and relational leaders. And they seek input and they trust the expertise of their peers more so than men, while men are more likely to be top-down and autocratic. And I won't say these are universal truths, but general inclinations with statistically significant backing. So I don't want to oversimplify, but I do think we've seen that and it's been shown. While there is insufficient data to conclude that women world leaders are managing the COVID-19 pandemic more effectively, the emerging trends are hard to ignore. New Zealand's Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, has been widely praised for her relational, supportive and decisive approach to flattening the curve. The results of her clear communication, 19 deaths in a country of nearly 5 million people, speak for themselves. Or consider Germany, led by Angela Merkel, where the first outbreak of COVID-19 began before Italy, but resulted in a comprehensive different trajectory because of widespread public information and testing campaign. Taiwan and Norway's national responses to this crisis have also proved to be effective. And all these countries have one thing in common, women leaders. As far as women leaders, Jacinda Ardern, the remarkable young prime minister of New Zealand, has conquered the virus in our own country through a leadership style focused on empathy, compassion, and critically, care. All traits commonly referred to as soft skills, as if they weren't difficult to acquire and of critical value. She's done a fabulous job. Taiwan, led by Tsai Ing-wen, managed to contain and beat back the pandemic without any sort of mass disruption to daily life, which is fabulous. The government was quick to implement travel restrictions and health checks, and in doing so, has only had 10 reported deaths. And even here in the United States, Michigan's Governor Gretchen Whitmer has stood firm in the face of protests against the basic restrictions needed to contain the virus, prioritizing facts and medical expertise rather than her own immature ego. And by the way, I think literally it was today she extended the shelter in place for another month, despite all the protests. And San Francisco's London Breed was the first mayor to issue a stay-at-home order on her own initiative. So in the business world, we've seen women do wonderful things as well, such as GM's CEO, Mary Barra, when she partnered recently with Ventec to help with the ventilator manufacturing. And then also Angela Merkel of Germany, Iceland's Katrin Jacob Stotier and Finland Sana Marin have inspired me to step up my own response with my resources. So what I've done recently is launched something called the Halo Fund. And it's a part of my foundation. It's a multi-million dollar effort to aid in COVID-19 relief. And that includes in research and critically immediate relief for underserved and overlooked communities. And some of the things we're doing are food distribution and medical support for families and individuals who are in need. So as far as how this crisis is affecting all of us, I mean, I think it's forced a massive reevaluation of what we owe to each other. It's hard, for example, to say that a grocery store clerk 
doesn't deserve to make any more than minimum wage, which is how it works in our country. Unfortunately, they get about minimum wage when they've suddenly become frontline soldiers who are risking their health and their lives in a war that has already taken a horrific toll in human lives. So related to that, most of the people in these essential roles are women, women and people of color. They are doing the critical work that's so often undervalued and underpaid, whether it's um, working in a grocery store, being a mail carrier, working in healthcare, and it's not right and it's not appropriate. And then at home, for those of us working at home, if we are fortunate enough to be able to work from home during this time, we're then dealing with our children and homeschooling and perhaps making the meals and doing more cleaning and laundry than ever. So it really is having a, a major effect on women. So there could be no time more important to focus on the coronavirus relief and then also women and their role and the effect on women. Liz Etling is an example of a woman who is stepping up to lead during the pandemic. She recently launched the Halo Fund, a new multi-million dollar charitable initiative created to support comprehensive pandemic relief efforts. These include funding for research, frontline healthcare workers, public health resources, and direct support to the country's most vulnerable and underserved communities. Immediate donations will also be used to supply meals to those in need, medical support for New York City women living in homeless shelters, and urgently needed patient and public health resources. Here, Liz shares more on these efforts. As far as my starting the HALO Fund, there I was doing my foundation work, and then this happened. And I feel like the least I can do is put my own resources at work to service humanity, to service women, to service marginalized populations, to service the healthcare workers that are putting their lives at risk every day. And you know, what is the alternative? What better cause could there be to sit back, content to let it spread like wildfire and ravage our population, to lie down and surrender? You know, none of us can surrender, and we're certainly not going to do it now when the stakes are so high. So I think there's so many important causes out there, but I can't think of or imagine a more important cause than this so far. And we've just launched the Halo Fund a few weeks ago, but we've been working with a few organizations that I could tell you about. And one of them is the Campaign Against Hunger. And it is a, an entity that provides food in New York City, in Brooklyn, in the Bronx, in Queens, in all the boroughs, I believe, to people who need it. It's located in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. And so far in the last few weeks, they've provided a million meals to people in need because, um, as you can imagine, the need for food right now for the homeless or for people who are not making perhaps what they deserve to be making is grown exponentially. It's grown by about 700%. So I'm contributing there. We've made a donation there. And we've also contributed to something called Rescuing Leftover Cuisine, which is a wonderful organization because what they do is they go to restaurants in New York City each night and pick up food that hasn't been sold, that's left over. And they take it to places like the Campaign Against Hunger, and that's what they're doing here. So working with the Campaign Against Hunger, rescuing leftover cuisine, also involved in that is something called the Do Good Auto Coalition, 
which is a company which has donated their transportation services because they actually service the auto industry. But because they're not selling a lot of cars right now, their employees are not very busy taking care of regular customers, but they're working, they're getting paid, and they want to give back. So I'm involved with them. And then finally, the American Heart Association, which I've, I mentioned I'm on the board of. I'm actually part of American Heart Association Go Red for Women. And I'm working with them both on research, but also on a women's shelter in Harlem, which has women who need access to blood pressure cuffs and thermometers. And so we've provided them with that. And then also educating the staff there on how to deal with health issues and particularly with the coronavirus. And another thing I can say about some of those organizations is the woman who runs the campaign against hunger, Dr. Melody Saunders, has completely stepped up. The Do Good Auto Coalition was created by a woman entrepreneur whose, as I mentioned, clients were car companies that had employees but were not selling cars. So she stepped up and created that. And um, so many women are doing wonderful work and stepping up. And then we are trying to serve women and other marginalized populations who've been impacted in an even worse way than your average person. Pandemics simply amplify inequalities that already existed. Women will continue to face gender inequality during COVID-19. It will just look and feel a little different. For example, the World Economic Forum states that as women comprise the majority of health and social care workers, they're on the front lines of the fight against COVID-19 and are more likely to be at risk. Mass school closures have also particularly affected women because they still bear much of the responsibility for children. Women already do three times as much unpaid care work than men, and caring for relatives with the virus adds to the burden. Consequently, women are more likely to leave the workforce during this time. But when women decide to come back to work following the pandemic, they're likely to be penalised. Research estimates that women who return to the workforce after a gap will receive compensation offers that are 7% less than offers made to employees who never left. While women face more negative outcomes as a result of the pandemic, this doesn't prevent them from leading. Rather, this is when women leaders like Liz shine, which makes them all the more remarkable. I've thought about what I'm going to do next because it's a multi-million dollar fund. We have more money to put to work, but I'm thinking I want to make sure it really helps the people who need it the most because I do believe governments, companies, the World Health Organization, the CDC will work on the vaccine and the treatment and the antibody testing. It doesn't mean I won't play a role in it, but we know with this COVID-19 situation, it's really shined a light on the marginalized populations, including women. And I want to make sure they're taken care of through this. And it just shows us we need to continue to find ways to do this. And that's why I'm doing it. And I think so many people are seeing this now, that the people putting their lives on the line for us need the help the most. It's a small number compared to overall, you know, the number of people affected and and they deserve the help as much as anybody. There are so many women who are stepping up and giving back. And um, I think it's known that 
as a rule and overall, women do tend to be more philanthropic than men. Often they may be competitive, but they have compassion and empathy often more so than men. And, you know, I think that's definitely coming through here. So it's wonderful to see what women are doing. And, and it's true, whether it's some of the examples we talked about or women finding ways to make masks. Um, we've seen all kinds of examples. And um, this is what leadership is becoming. It's not so much autocratic. Right? And I don't think that will serve us well in the coming years. And this is the time for women to be in these roles. And we're seeing how well it does work when women are in these roles. Finally, Liz shares what each of us can do to make a difference. What's going on with COVID-19 is shining a light on the problems we have in this world, that it's affecting you know, the underserved communities, the people who are not paid what they deserve to pay, and yet they're on the front lines. It's affecting them, and we need to take care of those issues. We need to help support them. We need to find solutions. We need to find ways to make sure they're paid what they deserve. We need to give back. And I mean, through my organization, the Halo Fund, we do accept contributions to go to these causes. And when people donate to the Halo Fund, they can specify exactly which cause they want the money to go to. But I think it's important for people to try to be a part of the solution. And whether it's a child or you know a high school student giving a dollar or someone who's in the middle of their career giving, you know, $20 or $25, it's all valuable. I think it's just important that we all think, you know, some of us might have been born in more fortunate situations than others, but we all should be giving back and we should all be part of the solution. And that's how we're going to get to the place where we really should be in this world. hope you all enjoyed my conversation with Liz. I love showcasing incredible women leaders who are taking action to solve world problems and setting an example of what good leadership looks like during the process. For me, this has always been such an important message. Women leaders are highly effective despite the challenges they have to endure due to gender inequality. What makes them even more remarkable is that despite experiencing systemic inequality, Women leaders want to make a difference and give back. Now imagine what women could achieve if they didn't have additional barriers to overcome because of gender inequality. And like Liz, each of us can take action today to support relief efforts, like the Halo Fund, by donating or volunteering. Thank you all for tuning in today. Just a quick reminder that you can sign up to my weekly newsletter at michellepking.com. You can also reach out to me there for interview requests or to be featured on the show. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you all again next week. Listener.